0: In today's episode, I'm recapping all of Monday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Let's talk about these games across the league today. The first one we're going to have a look at is the Houston Rockets losing to the Washington Wizards, 119-131. The Rockets were without Christian Wood, Victor Oladipo, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. So we had a massive, massive John Wall usage game. 35 minutes for Wall on 39% usage. He had 29 points with 11 assists and a triple one. 80% from the line, pretty rough from the field, 39%. But he got a ton of shots. And it means that with all those guys out, we got a lot of increased minutes for a lot of players. 40 minutes for the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. 18, six and four with two steals. Tate is putting up some solid numbers at the moment, but it is coming at the, you know, with guys like Oladipo and Wood and Gordon and Tucker and those guys sitting at. Tucker, not so much because it's just been this one game. Tate's main value is in just picking up little peripheral numbers all over the shop, but mainly in his really high efficiency numbers. I think you can have him in a 12 team league, but I wouldn't have him as a, an absolute guaranteed must roster guy, just because I'm not sure how the minutes and the usage and that really high level efficiency that he's got going at the moment, how that's going to stick as we move forward. So I'm not. 100% in on him as a must-roster guy, but there was a good game. Same with David Nwaba, who played 41 minutes. He had nineteen and 11 with two steals and a block, but Oladipo and Gordon are going to take all of that value away from him. So he's just a guy that we look at in very, very deep leagues. Daniel House, similar. He's more of a 14 to 16 teamer. 17 and 5 for Daniel in with a triple one, while Sterling Brown, I would have thought I got more from Sterling today. Nine points in 25 minutes, but I reckon it's almost time to hit this one for DeMarcus Cousins. Here. 20 minutes, 12 and 7. I, I can guarantee you this, that when Wood is back, he has no shot at being a 12-team league guy. A lot of people were hoping for that. It's not going to happen. It's just not happening. And to be honest, at this point, I don't even think it's worth holding on to him. He's playing like 20 minutes a night, 22, 23 minutes. The Rockets go small. They play Tate at center. Um, they got some decent minutes out of Ray sporting. Unfortunately, it looked like he tore his Achilles tendon in today's game, so that's not great. But Cousins is just not playing enough, and Wood's return He's not there yet. We're maybe a week or so away from Christian Wood returning. But if you need to make a move, if you need to clear a roster spot, if you need to stream, maybe Cousins is gone. Uh, He doesn't look good. Russell Westbrook played in the back-to-back for the Wizards. Now, he was horrendous with his percentages. He missed his only free throw and shot 36% from the field. That's pretty standard, 33% usage. But amazingly, they won for the first time when Russell Westbrook had a triple double. He had 16, 13, and 15, and getting those assists and getting those rebounds is really good. And it's great for a points league, 49 points. But man, he's just so, those percentages are just so hard to deal with in category leagues. Brad Beal was pretty strong in this one, 37, 8, and 3 with three steals and three threes with some good efficiency numbers. While well, Davis Bertans, finally, 18 points, five threes, four rebounds, and two steals. Now, it came on 83% three-point shooting, which we know isn't real, but he was also shooting 30% from three, which also wasn't real. I still don't believe he is 100% a must-roster player. I've got him projected to be inside the top 150, but barely. But normally those guys at the end, especially when their value comes from hitting a ton of threes, it's streamable. You can find threes on the waiver wire pretty easily. Hachimura had three steals, I think all three in the first quarter. Didn't have another one after that, but then had 13 and nine, played 37 minutes. It's just, look, it's fine. Like It's fine in a points league. 36 points in a points league is fine. And he's 12-team points league. Category league, you can do significantly better than having Hachimura. While flaming Mo Wagner. Where's my button? Where's my button? He started. Now, this dude can't stay out of foul trouble. That's a problem. 24 minutes, 15 points, four steals, one block. Would have been better if it wasn't one of three from the line, but good all-round production from Wagner. Uh, I think he's a 12-team league ad. I'd prefer to have Nerland's Noel, but the question you asked there is Noel's going to have elite, elite-ish type numbers for the next four weeks. Wagner could be putting up numbers, depending on the whims of Scott Brooks, all the way into April and May. Short-term, Noel wins easily. Long-term, it's probably going to be Wagner. So just weigh that up. But I think he's at least worth a grab in a 12-teamer. Garrison Matthews started and got the Isaac Bonga. 12 minutes there for him. Three points, while Avdia only 20 minutes. Avdia not a 12-team league guy. Pretty clearly. Uh, And I don't think we need too many more discussions on that. Let's move on to the second game of the day. This one was the Chicago Bulls in overtime, beating the Indiana Pacers 120-112. I've got 119 up there. That number is wrong. 120 to 112. Apologies for the mistake. Um, You know what? I'm going to change it. I don't like it. There we go. That's much better. Got the correct score up there now. So the Bulls win in overtime. Thad Young had some early foul troubles, but ended up with 30 minutes, mainly due to overtime. 13, 11, and 4 with two steals. Good numbers from Thad. It is going to be interesting when both Porter and Markkinen come back, just how much he plays. For now, he has value, and he's been great. But we do have to face forward a little bit. So we're going to have more minutes for Carter. We're going to have Markkinen. We're going to have Porter. And he's going to lose some playing time. Kobe White had 19, 7, and 8 in 44 minutes, while Levine had 30 and 9 with four triples. The skater boy. It was great to have Wendell Carter back. He played only 21 minutes. He had 11 and 9. I thought he looked pretty good, but he's on a minutes limit coming back from his quad injury. I would pick him up if he's on the wire. While Pat Williams played 27 minutes, had 7 and 9. I worry a little bit about his playing time when these other guys return. He could be back into a a 24-minute-a-night role. Garrett Temple had 16 points in 39 minutes. No way he maintains that level of playing time, although Billy Donovan does love him. He's only a deeper league guy. Two steals, two threes, one block. Great all-round performance here from Garrett, but nothing that we need to get too excited about. Well, Sadoransky had a nice assists stream type of night. Four assists, 13 points, 21 minutes. I think his playing time is going to fluctuate, but um, it can have some value even in 12-team leagues. And interestingly, as I mentioned, Daniel Gafford from starting to out of the rotation, Luke Cornett, Took those backup minutes. He was 0-5 for zero points in nine minutes. So, yeah, he's not going to last because we're going to have Markinen come back and take that role. But uh, Gafford, yeah, did not uh, did not impress when he was a starter. I think that's fair to say. For the Pacers, they were without Dougie McDirt. So, they started Timothy John McConnell. Now, McConnell played 42 minutes in the overtime game. And amazingly, he was not an assists streamer in this game. Only three assists. But 19 points, three steals and two blocks and 89% shooting. He is killing it. This dude is the 63rd ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 39 fantasy points in this game. He is an absolute must roster player and it is amazing to say it. Now, there is a report from the Timberwolves, Timberwolves, from the Pacers today saying that, you know, TJ Warren's joined the team, but he is not remotely close. So we are, we have got weeks, maybe more than a month, maybe months before Warren and Lavert return and McConnell's going to be able to maintain value. I would much rather have McConnell than Jeremy Lamb at this stage. Lamb stayed on the bench. He was okay. Twelve and five. Sixty-three percent shooting is really good. Um, he still is probably a twelve-team league guy, but yeah, I would have him behind McConnell. While Miles Turner we talked about him in the buy-low show, um, yeah, this is what we wanted to see: six blocks. Now only twenty percent shooting is pretty rough, but he played thirty-six minutes. He was good out there, especially when Sabonis was struggling. Eleven point six rebounds. While Sabonis, the four blocks and one steal for Sabonis. I don't know what's going on with this dude, but he is getting defensive numbers absolutely out of his ass at the moment putting up some big numbers in those defensive categories. I'm not really buying it. And again, weirdly, he was a minus 18 despite those big numbers. Um, but we take those for fantasy for sure. 52 fantasy points, while Brogdon had 23 points and 15 rebounds. What? Five assists on some poor shooting. And I think the shooting for him is going to bounce back somewhat. Justin Holiday played 41 minutes and had 15 and five with four triples, while uh, Aaron Holiday just continues to be mired in absolute mediocrity at the moment. He is really, really struggling. Guys, you want a part for your car, don't go into your local auto store. I don't even know what local auto stores are called in the US, but whatever they're called, don't go to them because you can sit on your computer, find the part that you want, which invariably, they're not going to have in stock anyway at that store. RockAuto.com is, and RockAuto.com is not going to have different prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Same low price right across the board. Here's a random example. Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey is 354 bucks at advance. Oh there you go. There's a big chain store and it's $217 at rockauto.com. What a ridiculously cheap price that is. The catalog is unique at rockauto.com and remarkably easy to navigate so you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, next game. Where is it? Is it coming up on my screen? Oh, yeah, there we go. The, well, uh, oh, that's, that's wrong. What's this? I'm having some, uh, oh no, there we go. Technical difficulties today. The Atlanta Hawks. They lose to the New York Knicks 123 112. Clint Capella, the Kerner. Now, his minutes had been very low. Had him on the Bilo show today as well, talking about some of the reason for his um, his low minutes, which was foul trouble and uh, and a blowout. But I didn't expect him to come out and play 36 minutes like he did in this one. He'd been hovering around that 30-minute mark for quite a while. And you know, he really put in some big performances here. And with Capella playing 36 minutes, going 15 and 18 with two blocks, it really hampered John Collins. Collins grabbed only four boards, he played 30 minutes, he didn't attempt a single free throw, and he had 19 points. He had a steal and the block still, so the production's not horrible from Collins, but he still continues just to hover around that top 50 mark. Not, not higher, not lower, around that top 50 mark. And again, I still, I know people will say, man, you're such a hater. Uh, I just continue to say, well, when more players come back, Hunter, Bogdanovich, which it looks like Bogdanovich will be around the All-Star break. When these guys eventually come back, we will see Collins lose value. Now, in that time, Collins might be on a different team and he might be dropping meaningless 30 and 20s for the Charlotte Hornets. That's a real possibility, by the way. Um, But but pay attention to to Collins in that regard. Trey Young had 23 and eight with some pretty piss poor shooting. While it was a bad night for Pants Kevin Herter, only eight points, but at least he had five assists. He had two steals. He shot 17%. He should be a 12-team league guy. Now, if I'm going to bash Kem Riddish, for being poor. Um, I've got to praise him when he was good because he was pretty good in this game. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 36 minutes, 2 blocks. Still shot horribly, 33% from the field. I'm not sure that's ever going to change. But a 6 of 6 from the line, that's 2 good games in a row from uh, Reddish. Still, I wouldn't have him in anything more than a 16-team league at this stage for uh, for Cam Reddish after uh, his many, many struggles. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my <laughs> cock! 16 points in 26 minutes. Now, that 7 of 7 from the line is awesome. It's amazing. His usage was only 13% and he was a minus 14. And I still, you know, the minutes aren't quite there. I think if you're looking for a free throw percentage boost, maybe you can look at him. But I wouldn't have him as a 10-team must roster or even a 12-team must roster. He can be rostered, but I don't think he's a must roster guy. For the Knicks, the double royal, Julius Randle. 41 minutes. Tom Thibodeau does not give a shit. 44 points, seven threes. What? Nine rebounds, five assists. No steals, no blocks, but great efficiency. 64 from the field, 75 from the line, 54% from three. We had seen his efficiency numbers start to come down, especially his three-point shooting. This is absolutely one out of the box, and it's fantastic. Nerlens Noel had early foul trouble. He was limited, and that's why he played 27 minutes. But do you actually care when he ends up with three blocks, two steals, and six points in only 27 minutes? To me, that means that he's going to play 30-plus on most nights, and he's going to be a useful player. I talked about him early on. He's a must-roster player in my mind. Rowan Barrett finally got back over 30 minutes, 33 of them here, 21 points, three threes, six rebounds. A pretty good game from Barrett. Bad from the line, lack of defensive numbers as per usual. I don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy, but the 35 fantasy points is nice. Emmanuel quickly only played 22 minutes, but man, this guy knows how to get a shot up. 16 points, 27 usage, five assists, four threes. Continues to be better than Alfred Payton, but continues to play fewer minutes than Alfred Payton. And I think that'll be an ongoing thing. While Payton had 12 and seven, and Derek Rose only 24 minutes, eight three and three with two blocks. I just think we're going to get 24 minutes out of quickly, Payton, Rose, Burks, Bullock, basically every night, I'm rendering them all of the rendering all of them mainly stream type options like quickly and Rose for 12 teams, and the other guys more 14 team league players. Obi Toppin is is bad, like he's just not good at all. And they are just and I again I I shit on Tom Thibodeau a lot, but at least he is getting him into the game and playing him some minutes to try and develop him. But at this point, I think it might be more useful to actually get the younger player in there, Kevin Knox, and see what he can give you. Because I don't know what Toppen's actually providing at this stage in his career. And because it's not it's not positive production, I know that much. And I just I don't see it with him at all. All right. Let us move on now to the next game. All right, so let's move on to the next game, and what a wild game this was. The Sixers and the Jazz. The Jazz win at 134-123. Joel Embiid was ruled in. Doc Rivers, they asked him, hey, is Joel playing? It's like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't he be? I don't know anything about him being on the injury report. He's not injured. He was in shooter He'll be playing. And then they named him in the starting lineup, and then he wasn't playing with the same injury that he was on the injury report for. So either Doc Rivers is dumb. He's disconnected from the organization, or he was lying, or Doc, or maybe Joel Embiid's injury flared up, but it didn't flare up. That, that's, that's not Actually, that's not an excuse, because that would mean that the fake reports from earlier that, um, that Doc allegedly ignored, or whatever they were. Anyway, it didn't just come out of nowhere, that's what I'm trying to say. So Doc either is lying, or is misinformed. Probably lying, but could be misinformed. Anyway, this game was so much fun. Ben Simmons dominated. I've never seen Ben Simmons play like this. 42 points in 38 minutes, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. He was 92% from the line. Didn't hit a 3, but who gives a shit when you're playing this well? He was unbelievable. And the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Yeah, he's a massive thick hogsman here. 36 points in 37 minutes, 10 boards, 3 threes, 2 steals, elite efficiency, 100% from the line. He was awesome. Now, of course, when you don't have Joel Embiid, th- it means you've got to play guys like Prison Mike Scott. He started at center, had six points in 17 minutes. Howard had a double-double, Big Dwighty, in 26 minutes. Dwight Howard's hair, man, that's got to go. It doesn't even look even. It's all over the shop. Uh, 14 and 12 in 26 minutes for Dwight. And Seth Curry, 11 points in 37 minutes. I don't believe that Seth Curry is a must-roster 12-team league guy. He is clearly a 12-team points league drop. Um, in fact, he gets one of these. Get that garbage out! But in the Category League, I reckon you can do better just by streaming in his spot. The painter, Matisse Thibel, he dropped in two steals and two blocks. We know what he's able to do on a defensive basis. And Dan Green, yeah, he struggled quite a bit. Um, Green is still the 132nd ranked player this year in Category Leagues. But do not worry about rostering him in 12-10 leagues. There is absolutely zero appeal to do that in my mind. Now, we talked about Simmons and the Thick Hogsman going off. Jordan Clarkson was on an even another level. 29 minutes for Clarko, 40 points, 8 triples. Now, he had a combined 1 ass bound. That is rebounds and assists combined. Uh, 1 assist, 0 rebounds. He had 2 steals. He shot 65%, 6 of 7 from the line. I've said this multiple, multiple times. One guy goes down. Clarkson goes from 25 to 30 minutes. His value skyrockets. Try and trade him. And then he goes back to a 25-minute roll. He's still valuable, but he's less valuable. Same with Jingle and Joe. Try and trade him. 33 minutes, 20 points, 5 assists to steal and a block. He goes from 33 minutes to 27 minutes. It's just a simple maths equation with this team who is absolutely just killing teams. They've won 19 out of their last 20. And even this game where the Sixers were rolling at the start, the Jazz still win it by double digits. I know there was no Joel Embiid, but they still win it by double digits. The Jazz have got a tougher schedule coming up this week, although I believe their next two games are against the Clippers, and they might not have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or um, or no, Patrick Willoughby back, but maybe not even Kawhi. So that gives the Jazz maybe a little bit of a break there, but it doesn't really seem to matter. They just crush whoever seems to come in, and they do it pretty comfortably, and they're super fun to watch. This game was one of the most fun games you will see in the NBA regular season. Royce O'Neill, three threes, three steals. He's got 12-team league value. He's a much better 12-team league guy than, say, a Seth Curry or a Danny Green, in my opinion. Uh, Those three threes and eight boards, really nice. And then Rudy Gobert was great. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. He didn't do great stuff for fantasy, but he had two blocks. He was 100% from the field. He had nine boards, 11 points. Now only 63% from the lines, not ideal, but still really strong. Well, Don Mitchell was... Bad in his free throw, uh, sorry, his field goal, 38%, but had a huge usage, had 24 points, two threes, and five assists. We would like some defensive stats, and hopefully he could get to the line a little bit more. While it was bad, Boyan Bogdanovich, 11 points on 12 shots, no threes, no assists, no steals, no blocks. He has been playing better. Top 75 player over the last two weeks. Um, He's a soft hold, but I wouldn't say that he's a must. He's not a 10-team league guy. He's not a points league guy. He's more of a back-end 12-team league guy that you you stream him or Curry or Bertans or any of these other three-point specialist type players. He's probably a bit of a level above those guys, but he has been, as we know, pretty up and down this season. The NFL is over. But the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favourite sports and get in on all of the sports action. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TVs. I wonder if they're, uh, wonder if they're taking bets on Australian holy moly. They probably aren't, but that covers reality TV and sports pushed together. Anyone is anyone watching? Holy moly! Anyway, um, bet online, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use that promo code locked on, and you get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go on to the next game of the night. We're looking at the Brooklyn Nets beating the Kings. It was a blowout, and then the Kings fought back late. The final score, 136-125. There was no Kevin Durant, of course, for the Nets. DeAndre Jordan did not start. They started Jeff Green at center, but Jordan played 27 minutes while Green played 23. 10-8-4 for Jordan. No blocks, but good field goal percentage. I think he'll probably start against Phoenix on Tuesday to match up with DeAndre Ayton. He can be an okay streamer, but I wouldn't say he's a must-roster player. Jimmy Harden, 29-13-14. Six threes, one block. He's absolutely fine on this team. He is a top five player from here on out, and he's already the number three player this season. And Kyrie Irving had 40 points with nine threes, three assists, two steals, sixty-eight percent shooting. Weirdly, he was only one of four from the line, but another big game there. The shark, Bruce Brown, just the twenty-five minutes. Baby shark, do, 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 do. But he had three steals and a block. Now, he didn't do too much else, filling in for Kevin Durant. He's only a real deep league-type stream guy. While Landry Shamet had 13 points in 28 minutes with three threes, and very hard for me to get excited about a bloke who's not even a top 300 player this season. So I don't think we need to react to that. And I'll tell you what else we don't need to react to. The world. Not one person knows, or not one person will deny that Hassan Whiteside will put up numbers when he plays with no uh, Rashawn Holmes he played 23 minutes he had 26 points and 16 rebounds with 5 blocks an absolute monster game from Hassan Whiteside but the key part was in the early bit of that sentence no Rashawn Holmes i i don't believe that Rashawn Holmes's knee injury is a long term thing even more than this one game there was a chance he was playing in this game so People still roster Hassan in a lot of 12-team leagues, and they'll probably be jerking themselves with their hands through their legs, thinking, oh, look how smart I am holding on to Hassan Whiteside. That's great, but he's the 267th ranked player this year, so you've just been playing yourself for the whole year. This was fantastic today, and when news came out that Holmes was out, he was a worthy stream. And if you want to take a flyer on him, flyers, no one can tell you not to do it, right? But be really careful who you drop, because again... We know Hassan Whiteside, and going up against the Nets, it's good for centres. Hassan Whiteside will put up numbers when he plays. The question is, will he play? And moving forward, he won't play this much. He won't have a 31% usage, and he won't be 15 or, or 12 or 15 from the field. He just won't be. Unless this Holmes injury, which is out of nowhere and was likely for him, or well, he was a chance to play today, um, is going to cost him weeks, which I, I really doubt. Then Whiteside goes back to his 12-minute, 13-minute-a-night role. But great production. Corey Joseph, the surprise starter for Holmes. Again, do not read into this. He had 22 points on 77% shooting with five assists. Corey Joseph is barely a top 250 player this year. He had an absolute red-hot shooting night that was great for him and great for the team, but means nothing in the future. Bud Heald had 21 points with six triples, and Fox had 19 points, eight assists, and two steals. Low usage game there for Fox, and he was also pretty bad in the negatives in terms of plus-minus as the bench got them back in. Not a great night from Tyrese Halliburton, but please don't do anything stupid and drop him. While Marvin Bagley played at center, which is his best position in my opinion, only played 21 minutes, but had 19 and seven with a block with some good percentages. He needs to play center to be a useful fantasy player, and it's just not going to happen on this team most likely. What do we do with... um, The pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnesy, Four points. 25% shooting and one assist. Now, I don't expect him to be a 25% shooter, but this is a guy that has just never been a standard league relevant player outside of maybe one year in Dallas. He just isn't that player. He started out this season shooting at a very high level, his assist rate, in fact, doubling his assist rate and just playing really well. At the moment, he is not. He is not playing well at all. Now, is it just a temporary blip in form or is he back to the guy that he was for seven years? I'm still holding but I am not treating this as an absolute guaranteed monster monster buy. I think I think he was in my buy show today actually. But there is that, as I mentioned in that show, there is a big risk that maybe he's just going back to the guy that he's always been. I am confident that the shooting will be better than this, I'm very confident. But I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sold on Barnes going back to that guy who was honestly nudging the top fifty to begin this season. All right, so on to the next game, which was really a blowout by the Warriors over the Cavs, 129-98, the final score. Did I get that one wrong as well? 96, geez, geez. This technical difficulty, sorry guys, bad show today. And now I go to change it and I see conflicting reports. We're going with 129-98, that's fine. Um, The Discman, C.D. Osman, 35 minutes, 17 and 10 with two steals and three threes. But remember this, Osman is starting in place of Torian Prince, who is starting in place of Larry Nance, who is starting in place of Kevin Love. So this is great, but Love... Well, Nance is out for a long time, we know that. Prince, not long-term. Love may be coming back soon as well. I wouldn't be doing anything exciting here with Osman. As for the Padawan, Colin Sexton, well, if he does have an ankle problem, they don't give a shit because he played 42 minutes, 23 points, added three steals, which is awesome. Still doesn't take any threes, only hit one of those. Uh, well, actually, that's not true because he attempted five, but he only hit one Um, that overall, a pretty good night from uh, Sexton, who'd been struggling. Only 29 minutes for Jarrett Allen here, but 13 and 14 with a steal and two blocks is nice. And he did his best Andre Drummond impression by being 42% from the field and minus 22 on court. He'll be better than this, I assume. While Garland had 16 points in 40 minutes with three assists. Not the greatest night there, but man, they have absolutely zero guard depth on this squad. No, JaVale McGee is not a 12-team league guy. He had seven points in 17 minutes, while Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, they are two NBA players and they played minutes in this game. There you go. For the Warriors, Steph was great. Only 30 minutes, 36 points, seven triples and six assists, while Draymond Green, holy shit, only six points, but eight boards, 16 assists, one steal, two blocks. He is filling them up in a massive, massive way. He is a top 50 player over the last two weeks. Juan Toscano-Anderson had 13 and five with a triple one, and while Looney and Wiseman are out, Toscano-Anderson does have stream value. Wiggins had 15 points, while the Triangle Eric Pascal had 14 and eight. It was a, a hep below average night for Kelly Oubre. He only played 25 minutes, 14 points, but a three. Two steals, a block, filling it up. He's a top 100 player at the moment uh, over the last two weeks, and I think he can remain in that sort of area. And a decent enough night from him. If you're looking in deep leagues for three-point streamers, uh, Fox Mulder dropped in another four triples for 12 points in his 17 minutes. The last game of the day, the Miami Heat and the LA Clippers. The Clippers win at 125-118 despite being without four starters. As for the Heat, they're still without Goran Dragic and Avery Bradley and Tyler Hero. He went uh, pretty bananas. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. 41 minutes for Hero, 27 points, four threes, five rebounds, one steal, two blocks, while Kendrick Nunn struggled his way to only 21 minutes. Now, Nunn was in foul trouble, but I will say this. At the moment, Nunn absolutely has 12-team value. Hero, yep, we know that. Nunn has 12-team value. But if you want to make a move, add Nerland's Noel add Big Deke Energy, Sadiq Bey. You want to add Mo Wagner. Things that might pay off in the future, Nunn's value's got a real end date to it. I don't know what the end date is because I don't know when Dragic is coming back, but it's going to fall off pretty pretty quickly. So while it does seem counterintuitive to drop a guy who's a top 40 player over the last two weeks, which Nunn is, if you're looking okay and you're not just trying to grind for stats on every single day, you have to consider him somewhat of a drop. Now, there was foul trouble here, remember that. Dunk Robinson, Get that garbage out of here! 35 minutes, 13 points, three threes. Like, he's just a streamer. He's a clear 12-team league drop in points leagues. And in category leagues, I, I don't think he's a must-hold player. Adebayo was great, 27-12-7, while Jim Butler had a nice 30-point triple-double with two steals. 10-of-10 10 10 from the Lions, being awesome to have him back. For the Clippers, they were without Patrick Beverly, Nick Batum, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Beverly is just resting, so he should return next game. But Batum's out with a concussion, so he might miss more time. And Kawhi and Paul George, we know they're probably going to miss some time this week as well. Marcus Morris, twenty-six minutes, thirty-two points with six threes, a great short-term streamer. Ivica Zubac played twenty-eight minutes. He had twenty-two and eight, a big game from the big fella. I don't trust those minutes. He can just as likely go back to twenty minutes next game. While Abaka played only twenty and had seven and nine, it is hard to justify Zubats in a 12 10 league. But those games definitely make you sit up and take uh, take notice. The Farmers Union, Amir Coffee, thirty-two minutes, fifteen points, five triples, and one steal. I'd be I'd forgive you if you didn't know who Amir Coffee was, but they brought him out of the G League bubble to come across and play, and he was pretty good. I liked his appearances last season as well. I wouldn't say that he's anything more than a deep league streamer, but him and Terrence Mann, if these injuries persist, they're going to get some minutes. Now, of course, Beverly coming back is going to have an impact on Coffee. But this was good. Same as it was for man. 15 7 3 while the Duck Lou Kennard had 10 4 4. And Lou Williams, he obliterated your percentages. Just one of three from the line and 40% from the field. But 18 3 and 10. He deserves a 12 team spot at this time with all these injuries. Yeah, Reggie Jackson's in a very similar spot to me The Kendrick Nunn. If you want to move on and you want to get some extra spots in, you want to get a long-term piece in, then Jackson's not a 12-team league player. He did hurt his shoulder in this one, but returned, played 24 minutes, had six points with eight assists. I, I don't see him as being any sort of long-term option, uh, unfortunately, for Reggie. Let's have a look at the top ads and drops now. Big Deke Energy, number one there. Sadiq Bay plus 32%. Um, yeah, look, absolutely fine as a 12-team ad, but the 70% three-point shooting is not going to continue, I guarantee you. Kyle Kuzma up 26%. Yep, that's because Anthony Davis is out. Makes sense. Marcus Morris up 19%. I think that's streaming for today, but also with those injuries now, you can add him and see how that goes. Jeff Green up 12%. I think that's more streaming for the back-to-back more than anything. And Carter Williams up 10%. I don't really buy Carter Williams as a must-roster 12-team league guy. I'd have Bay and Kuzma and Morris all ahead of him pretty comfortably. We're looking at drops. Alex Len down 16%. You know what I'm going to say? Well, I'm not going to say it. Jack's going to say it. Here. Naz Reid's down 14%, drop him. Frank Kaminsky's down 13%, drop him. Cam Johnson down 9%, drop him. Bryn Forbes down 7%, maybe stream him in for uh, Tuesday's action, but otherwise, drop him as well. Let's look at the monstrous line of the night. It is Jimmy Harden who had a triple-double, 29, 13, and 14 for Harden. He also added a block. He hit six triples. He was great from the field, and as I said, he is pushing right up into the uh, the top of the fantasy rankings. And your rookie of the night is Jay Sean Tate, 18, 6, and 4. His efficiency is by far his best fantasy category, so take that. And by efficiency, I mean field goal percentage only. But he chips in with other small little parts and pieces. But remember, the big minutes that Tate got today, 40 minutes, it was without Tucker without Oladipo and without Eric Gordon and without Christian Wood. And he's playing small ball center quite a bit as well. So just remember all those factors going into these big numbers that Tate is currently putting up. Let's look at the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of our advanced leagues. At number one, it is the the Discman, CeeDee Osman. Um, again, so many players out for him to have an impact. I don't buy it. David Nawabra at number two. I don't buy it. Garrett Temple at number three. 14-team eh, league, maybe. Number four, Juan Toscano Anderson, a streamer. Number five, Cameron Reddish. Two good games in a row from Reddish. only looking at him for deeper leagues. Number six, the Farmers Union, Amir Coffee. Number seven, Corey Joseph. Not buying into any of those guys as 12 or 14-team leagues. Number eight, I am. Flaming with Wagner. He's still around in a ton of leagues, Mo Wagner. So I'd be looking to add him. Uh, Daniel House at number nine, more of a 14 team league. And the Triangle Eric Pascal at number 10. He's more of a 16 team league option. Let's move across. Let's talk about some action now for Tuesday. All right, so we've got six games on here in Tuesday. So let's have a look yeah, at the things we're paying attention to. The Nuggets are without a ton of players. Gary Harris, Will Barton, they're both out. Monty Morris is questionable. Paul Millsap is out. So we assume Jermichael Green starts... There might be a big role for Faku Campazzo if Monty Morris is out. There might be a big role for Zeke Naji as well, just coming in and playing backup center and backup power forward behind Green and Big Chungus. So some interesting scenarios there. We know for the Celtics, Marcus Smart remains out. And Daniel Tice has also cropped up on the injury report. He's questionable. If he is out, maybe it's the Rock DJ that can get 20 minutes. We get 28 minutes of Tristan Thompson, and then we get 20 minutes of Rob Williams. So something to watch there in that first game. Tons to watch there, in fact, in that first game. The second game is the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are one-point favorites, and the total is 230. I think there's going to be some sort of change in New Orleans, whether that's Josh Hart in for Bledsoe, whether it's Kyra Lewis in for Bledsoe, whether it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker in for Bledsoe, I don't know, but I think something's going to happen. Josh Hart is listed as probable on the injury report, while Memphis are once again without the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton, they are without Desmond Bain, they are without Jaron Jackson, and they are without the ghost, Justice Winslow. They're all out. They're all out. Um... So some interesting scenarios there. Just watch for that New Orleans starting lineup decision. The Lakers and the Wolves is the next game. No spread or total out for that one. D'Angelo Russell is out, as is Jarrett Culver. While for the Lakers, of course, Anthony Davis is out. So we're going to be seeing most likely Kyle Kuzma in the starting lineup and getting an increased uh, minutes load and increased usage in that situation as well. Portland and OKC. no McCollum, no Nurkic as per usual for Portland. And then for OKC, there's no Theo Maladon. There's no Shea Gildas Alexander, and there's also no George Hill. So do we get Justin Jackson starting over MC Hamadou Diallo again? That's the big question. Can Jackson put together three good games in a row? Again, that's a pretty big question that I have my doubts in answering. Um, can Baisley do something? What's Dort going to do? What's Diallo going to do coming off the bench? Will he shoot better than 23% like he did last game? The next game is the Raptors and the Bucks. The Bucks are five and a half point favorites here. No Drew Holiday, and unlikely that we get the Jedi, and What about scars? O.G. Stop, O.G. You better stop, O.G. So yeah, with this one, the Bucks five and a half point favorites. The total two hundred and thirty four points. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Boucher. Uh, I've said this before, but the matchup against Giannis and Brook Lopez, I don't think is going to go particularly well in his favor. The last game is the Nets and the Suns. The Suns are two point favorites, and the total is two hundred and thirty. No Kevin Durant for this one. We don't know what the Nets will do starting lineup-wise. They went small and started Jeff Green at center with DeAndre Jordan off the bench on Monday. They could go a similar way here against the Suns, and the Suns also have a decision to make because Frank Kaminsky has been starting. He shouldn't be, but he has been starting. Do they go back to Crowder? Do they go back to Cam Johnson? Do they go to Dario Sharic? There could be some changes coming at some point in that Suns starting lineup, although they might go with Kaminsky for one more game is my guess in that one. All right, some early values here on Fangio. If Monty Morris plays, I like him at 41 I like Porter at 55 Mickey Porter Vanderbilt at 4000 Cantor at 66 Morant at 71 Diallo maybe at 6000 I love Lillard at 9.5 I like uh, Middleton at 7.5 I like Horford at 6.900 Giggity um, I like Jermichael Green at 44 and of course Big Chungus Big Big Chungus Big Chungus Big Chungus Big uh, He had a, a yeah, big opportunity here to drop a 60 pointer I reckon Going up against the Boston Celtics, also like LeBron, at 10,500. Guys, that will do it for me today. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.